Hi, I'm Father Roderick, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. And we are walking in a very special place here, because I'm walking with Inge in Rome, and on our left we see the Tiber and the bridges that are well lit tonight, and in front of us we see the dome of St. Peter's Basilica. And Inge, this is your first time in Rome. We've been working very, very hard for five days straight. We've just finished our last recording. But what is your first impression of this city? It feels like a village. Yeah? It's like, it feels like a village because uh, people are, are just acting like they're very friendly, very hospitable. hospitable. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. I could, I could get used to this. Me too. Especially the weather, it's been amazing. Uh, Today we had, what was it, like 17 degrees Celsius, which is around 63 Fahrenheit. Yeah. And we even had ice cream in the sun. <laughs> yes, gelato. Gelato. And uh, I, I feel very relieved. What about you? We've, we've been working so hard. <laughs> I'm amazed that it all came together. I was like, in the beginning of the week, I was like, how, how the heck are we going to, to, to make this happen? Because this is not go never going to fly. But it, it, it works. And uh, so Father was always filming in, in basilicas, and I was praying for the, for all the saints to make this work, and it did. So it happy. did. This was an amazing challenge because we, uh, in order to save time and also save resources and money, um, we decided to try to film four episodes of my Dutch TV show in five days, only five days, and every episode usually consists of four items. Uh, three of which are filmed here, plus the presentations. And then we had to film a special episode about St. Valentine, which we also wanted to film in Italy, because St. Valentine was a martyr here in the third century, died here, uh, was buried here, but also in Terni. And so we had three regular episodes, one special episode, and I think we worked Usually from, let's say, 9 o'clock in the morning. We, we went for breakfast at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then we started working, and usually in the evening around, what was it, like 8 10 or, eight eight or 10 o'clock, we were, we were done. And <laughs> we're now waiting to cross the road here. This is a very busy road. Um, behind us is the Castel Sant'Angelo, which is the fortress where the Pope could uh, hide when, whenever there was a siege or something like that. And we're going to walk down the um, Via della Conciliazione. And these cars are coming from the right. And they go underneath the Passetto, which is the escape route uh, of the Pope. And we just filmed an item in a restaurant that actually is built against the, the wall, against the Passetto wall. And uh, it's one of, one of the items in my Rome shows is always uh, to film a recipe with an Italian cook and then, of course, we also eat it. <laughs> and this was you this rest. I eat it. I, you couldn't eat it. No. Because Inge is. Uh, I do what you eat it. Is intolerant. You, you can't. You can't have. Uh, I'm wheat intolerant. So yeah, wheat. I cannot digest wheat very well, so it excludes most of the pasta from my diet. And this was a pasta recipe, so I I really felt for you. <laughs> so we're on our way to um, to a pub. Actually, it's a it's a great. Kind of a Scottish slash Irish pub. It's it's a, a bit a bit of a mix, and I I do remember that they 
have pub food, so we're going to see if we can feed you. <laughs> and of course, we need to celebrate that we, that we successfully concluded this week and, uh, and have a beer. <laughs> or two. Or two. <laughs> so we're, we're passing alongside a number of tourist shops that are still open. Um, some of them are, are selling the, you know, the t-shirts, I love Rome, and the coffee mugs, and... Lots of religious swag as well. Yeah, it's incredible. It's amazing, I never have seen so many rosaries in one place. <laughs> we actually had an hour before we, um, we had to film our last item, so we went shopping. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the most cheesy thing you can do as a lay person, if you're Catholic. Go with a priest in a, in a religious district of Vatican City and go shopping for religious items. So, yeah, <laughs> I've done that. And it's the stuff that I would never buy, really. It's, uh, I like to go there and see the, the wacky things that they have. And so today I discovered something that I'd never seen before, which is um, uh, a depiction of the Last Supper for children. And it was like this miniature, it's almost like a nativity scene, but instead of the nativity, it is the Last Supper. And it looked very, and I was immediately like, this would be a great photo for Instagram. This is one of those things that everybody wants to put on Pinterest. <laughs> but It's a nice first communion or uh, confirmation gift for, for children. That's actually what you see. You see a lot of priests, parish priests that visit Rome and they go shopping for, for their parishioners and for the youth. And you can find some really nice gifts. And the advantage is it's so cheap here. Yes, I, I bought a crucifix, a little, little hanger for my necklace for 20 cents. 20 cents. <laughs> you can buy crucifixes for an entire village here and still have, have money left for an ice cream. <laughs> Yes, and I also like uh, all this, the clergy stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm planning to buy Father Biretta. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> I need one. <laughs> no, this, this is the only place, I think, perhaps in Poland and some of those countries, very Catholic countries, you will find them as well. But here you have tons of stores that specialize in liturgical vestments, but also in regular clothing for priests and for nuns. And you even see... If you go window shopping, you will see that they have these puppets of priests and nuns, and they, they put the they are wearing the clothes that you can buy, which is very very weird. It's almost like a fashion street for for religious people. Yeah, I saw a very nice model mannequin with a very nice uh, dress. It kind of looked like very small. Like that's a very small priest, but it turned out that uh, first communion in it is is very big thing. So uh, girls dress up. In a, in a like of a wedding gown, black dress, and boys have a kind of very elaborate L. Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, an alb, I think. Yeah. yeah an alb. So, and but in the Netherlands, um, in my parish, uh, the boys have just very neat clothes, but it's just regular clothes. So that was like very new for me. It's true. The the Italian tradition around uh, confirmation and, and first communion and baptism is 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 very classic in a way. It, this, it would be absolutely impossible here to have a First Communion like we have in the Netherlands where some kids are in jeans, you know, like and you. in a t-shirt. No, well, actually, when I did my First Communion, that was, disclaimer, this was in the 70s, the world was in turmoil, 
and <laughs> dark forces has see, had seized the galaxy and Luke Skywalker hadn't visited Yoda yet, so that's the disclaimer. But yes, my mom bought me a, a suit or what is it, like a coat and a, and a pair of trousers and it was blue jeans and I hated it. I was like, no, I'm going to regret this, mom. No, but I bought it specifically for your first communion and I knew that I had to somehow find a way to delete that photo for eternity because it would haunt me forever. It's the first thing that St. Peter is going to ask me when I arrive at the pearly gates. He's going to ask me about those jeans on my first communion day. Uh, anyway, as you might be able to tell, my voice is a bit hoarse. It's because... Um, it's a little uh, gift from me. <laughs> Inge, uh, right before we, we, went, we came here... So Inge, by the way, is here as a production assistant. So I used to go here by myself and film everything myself, which is a tremendous amount of work because it's presentation. You also have to... If you're filming like several episodes, it's very hard to keep track of what you've already done, what you still have to do. Not to mention that in this busy city, putting a tripod in the street and then standing in front of it and then trying to make sure that nobody robs your stuff, it's very, very hard. So I was so glad that Inga was coming along to help and to... And you, you basically did everything. Like uh, the, the camera, camera woman... Um, consultant, psychologist, <laughs> culinary consultant, uh, tripod, human tripod. <laughs> and of course, very, very important, you've been praying quite a bit so, so things would go smoothly. And you have ways to coerce the saints that are unbeknownst to me. I don't know how you do it, but it works. <laughs> but anyway, two days before we went to Rome, uh, you told me that you were you had a cold or you had a I sore throat. It, I thought it was allergy, so I was not too worried to be, to infect anyone. And then I just just itchy ears, itchy throat, and I was like, okay, I take some antihistamines, and then I will be done. So the day before we went uh, and took off with a plane, my nose got stuffed, and then my sinuses got oh, stuffed, and they stopped hurting. So I had, had I um, found some extra bonus points for having during the. Uh, plain white because it was hurting so much because if, if you have to adjust to the pressure differences with uh, um, inflamed uh, sinuses that's not fun but yeah and you were using like 500 uh, handkerchiefs in, 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 per hour. And I was sitting there, I was like, I am so going to be sick in two <laughs> days from now. And Inga was like, no, 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 this is just allergies. I've had this before. And, oh, it's not contagious. It can't be. And then, what do you know, two days later, I'm like, hmm, <clears throat> itchy throat, mm, stuffed nose, um, headache. Sorry. I'm not feeling that well. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Could it be allergies? <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Fortunately, even despite the fact that the both of us were, were not feeling 100%, I still think we did a, a very good job. I'm, I'm super proud. We've just arrived at the uh, entrance to another country here. So we're crossing the, the road and um, here this metal gate is the opening to St. Peter's Square. And I have to say, this is always one of my favorite places in the world. So right now we're stepping into the Vatican, the Vatican State. But what I love about this place, like the sky is dark, it's been a beautiful day, the sun has been shining, and right now the skies are, are pitch dark. The facade of the 
of the basilica is beautifully lit and the lanterns are on and the, the big difference with the previous year uh, or just a few months ago is that all the barriers and all the chairs are gone for an entire year this square was divided into small sections for because of the holy year and now they've removed everything and this is this is what it's supposed to look like and uh, the only thing that's lacking are the fountains and they shut them down because they had a pretty um, cold a cold cold uh, season or so anyway the, so the the fountains were freezing uh, literally and so in order to preserve them they shut them down and you see the, the the police cars of the Vatican police driving across the square and I don't know if they're still closing it down during the night I suppose they do but right now it's still open and you see lots of people just standing here and admiring the view and some people are taking photos other people are just you know hanging out here and, and chatting Outside of the colonnade, there's lots of military. I've never seen so much security in my life. Not even in Berlin. It has changed a lot since the... Um, oh, you see they just turned off the light at the bronze door. So I guess the uh, soldiers the, are, are closing the door now and they'll probably go and have, have something to eat as well. But ever since the attacks in Lyon and in, um, in Germany, with the, uh, with the trucks, they've been really, really concerned that something like that could happen here. And for the first time since I remember coming here, they've closed down the Via della Conciliazione. So normally you would have a ton of taxis waiting there, picking up clients. They're all gone. And there's no traffic on the Via della Conciliazione anymore. And instead, they, they've positioned all these very heavy military uh, trucks or whatever it is, so that no no other vehicle can can get to the square. And this is also the case on both the other the, the two side entries to the Vatican. And then at every post you see police policemen, but also uh, uh, military heavily armed military soldiers with the hats with a little feather. So yeah, it's. Very weird because it's like they look menacing, and then you see the headlights, like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's, and they're very friendly. Yeah. And every once in a while, we get into trouble because I was filming. Just you know, you use. I usually film a lot of filler material, so if I need to make edits, I can have material to cover it up. And so, because there's so much security, you end up filming also soldiers without even you know realizing. And then so they immediately walk up to you. They tell you to erase the clips because none of that should end up on the internet of course because then whoever information. yeah it's information and so it makes sense but it's also a bit intimidating it's like wow gosh now i have to delete stuff that i filmed because of the security because yeah. of the but that was also part of my job so when father was filming i was looking around and so if i could identify the little soldiers i could just warn him there are, there are soldiers you cannot pan that way so that's also like... Yeah, and that, that was really the big difference with the previous times that I filmed here, is to have that extra set of eyes and someone who is able to kind of manage the situation so that I could focus on the content. Nevertheless, it was sometimes very tricky to do. Still, even with the two of us, it was, it was hard to film like the interviews and especially the, 
the items at the, in the kitchen, and then sometimes an item would fell through, uh, fall through. So we would have an appointment, and then it turns out that that it's no longer possible, and you have to kind of think on your feet and find something else. That's always the most stressful part. It's like, are we going to be able to film everything we need? Otherwise, I'd have to return just for one or two items. That's expensive. It's very expensive, and not to mention extremely fatiguing. So. We're going to uh, walk underneath the colonnades here, the arms of Bernini, as they're also called, because the square is surrounded by these two big arms that are like the arms of God that is embracing his people on the square. One thing you noticed here was also lots of homeless people around the Vatican. Yes, um, you see where I live, there are homeless people, a few, but not, not that many. And most of those homeless people have a psychiatric disorder or other problems uh, and they get, get to, to, to sleep inside. So it, when you are at night there are no homeless people because they are indoors. But here there are, people are just sleeping in tunnels and on the street. That's, that's breaking my heart. The first few days it was really cold at, at night and so you see them curl up in, in blankets and and it's it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, the thing that that that, that uh, hits me most is that for people uh, are there, and it's not, usually it's not their fault. People who who um, are victims of the bad economy and that kind of stuff. So, and, and unlike in, in my country here, there's there's the social stuff is not that developed. So if you if you cannot pay your rent any longer, you have to sleep in the street. Basically. Yeah. Fortunately, of course, a lot has changed, especially around the Vatican, and it's striking that a lot of the homeless people now sleep and live around the Vatican because they're fed here. Actually, we're walking past, we're, we're now on the left side of, of St. Peter's Square. Here is an entrance at this building here on our right, which looks a bit like a chapel and probably is. Um, this is one of the distribution centers of the Vatican where um, I think two or three times a week they will get some like a lunch, they'll get some sandwiches, some water. And Pope Francis has also um, ordered um, showers to be installed so that they can, in the morning, they can go and have a shower and wash themselves, and have some warm water. And hairdressers get uh, go here and cut uh, their people's hair for free. And also the shops in, 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 in the near the Vatican are also uh, distributed food, so that's not something new, the lady at McDonald's has been new for doing so, but it has been a practice for the shop for years already. Yes, every restaurant has kind of adopted homeless people and they will, you know, even give them some tasks to do and, and, give, and feed them and help them, give them medication or pay for the doctor, and that's a very regular thing. And, and that's good, I mean, it, I've seen the situation improve quite a bit over time. And also, the, what, what strikes me is, uh, in the, you know, previous years, you would see these very filthy people where, like, they've not had a bath in, in years, and their hair is long, and, and, and it's all, you know, greasy. And you, Nowadays, the homeless people, you can tell that they, they have more, they're being taken care of a lot better. And yet, seeing them in the streets... Now, we went to see this lady who told me about the work that they do in, in Trastevere, which is a, 
another another area not far from where we are now and she told us that there are 3,000 homeless people, people in London okay, in, in Rome alone that's like the, the, the size of a small town so that that many people don't have a home to spend the night in the streets every single night there are some shelters but there are a few hundred places there and it's not enough it's crazy so the the, the the local government or whatever it is, the city council, they've, they've installed just a, yeah, a couple of hundred beds and that's it. And they know that there are 3,000 homeless people. And yet, so it's, it's not enough. That's why a lot of these Christian organizations work together to, to compensate for that. And uh, the night that we were filming there, uh, after the evening prayer that they have together as a community, a lot of volunteers go in the streets with blankets, with hot chocolate, with coffee to comfort those homeless people. And what struck me was the respect that they showed. So we, we were filming in Trastevere and there are always these ladies and as soon as they see a priest or a bishop or a nun, they're like, oh, padre, padre, padre. And so I usually ignore them, not because I don't like them, but because I can't help everyone. And, it's, it's also um, recommended that you give, that you donate to the um, organizations that help the homeless instead of giving money directly to the beggars in the street. But when we entered the church, these, so we, we had seen these ladies and they, you know, I ignored them. But what struck me was that she said, um, she treated them as if they were family. She said, well, I'd love to help, but... I, I've already given you in the past, and you know, but, but she, she, um, she was very gentle and very friendly and respectful, and and that was really impressive. It's an aisle. Yeah, I was like, that that's the way to treat your brother and sister who's less fortunate than you. I've I've experienced the same in my city. Because sometimes it's very hot during the summer, and of course, if you're in inner city, everything. Just bounce, the heat bounces back everywhere, so it's like living in an oven at one point. So then there are homeless people begging for money, and I, I cannot give them money because in our patients, usually drug addicts and people with uh, psychiatric problems, they will spend their money on uh, beer and stuff that, that doesn't help them. So I don't go in and buy them water because right. they, have, they, have, they need water because it's so hot. Yeah. But then, those people will follow you to meet if they see you because if my city is not a thing, then I explain. Well, I'm a welfare as well. I cannot help you all the time. I can also help other people. And then it's they are perfectly okay with that. They understand that. Yeah. That, that you cannot help everyone that all the time, but also other people need help. They are no. very social, social people. Let's talk about McDonald's, because of course you've heard the news that there is now a McDonald's on Vatican grounds. That is, it's not really inside the Vatican State, but there are some apartments which are, belong to the Vatican. And the same apartment building that used to be the place where Cardinal Ratzinger lived and had his cats and his piano, now has a big McDonald's and there's been a controversy, Some Cardinals that live in that building are like, this is the most shameful thing ever. Why can't we have just Italian quality food? Why does it have to be fast food? So we were curious to see, you know, what, what does it look like? And is it really as bad as, as 
they said it was would be. So what was your impression, Megan? It's a very posh McDonald's. And uh, we went there for breakfast and they serve stuff I've never seen at any McDonald's for breakfast. And they also have very good coffee, which is also the first time. They have a, a regular Italian coffee machine, a staff that's all Italian, that has been trained to make your coffee just like any other bar in the city. And they have like chocolate cake and... Uh, Nutella. Everything you can think has Nutella and burgers, but also little... little it's awful. How, uh, you can buy a Nutella burger. Like, wow. Yeah, I think it's immediately. That must be the Nutella reflex. You know, it's like, yeah, this is not what God meant. Nutella's good. I like Nutella. Uh, but anyway, so the coffee is good. They even had gluten-free burgers, which That's looked a bit... also a first. I've never seen gluten-free stuff anywhere. No, they always end up ordering salads. Yeah, but... Um, they did have that, and well, they do have the, the usual stuff, the McMuffins, and you know, it's not very good, but it's protein, and I actually have to say that I prefer it to the, the Italian breakfast, which is just a cup of coffee or a cappuccino, and then they have this croissant filled with either jam or um, a pudding or something. That's disgusting. <coughs> anyway, we've arrived. At our bar, it's a birre, birre, birreria, so it's a beer bar. And um, I also notice that this is straight, if you want to know, it's called McQueen's. <clears throat> and it's straight underneath the Vatican Railway. So that bridge over there on top of it, you have the railway that goes straight into the Vatican, leads to the Vatican Station. It's the same bar where we had our meeting, our when we when we got here together with all the Vatican bloggers. We were invited, I don't know, five six years ago by the Vatican to come and meet the, the people that are in charge of, of Vatican communications. And so after that day, we gathered here and we had a great great time. And all the the big bloggers were here. And it's been a, still one of my favorite memories um, in my career as a religious, you know, media person to have had that here. And so now we're going to have some food. I need to stop talking because my voice is really... <laughs> you so, start coughing, <coughs> I, my voice is about to, to break down. But thank you for coming along. Thank you uh, for listening to this special episode of The Walk. And I will see you soon back in the Netherlands and hopefully with a bit more voice than I had today. Take care. Ciao. Arrivederci. And God bless.